Welcome to Split, the After Ever After podcast co-hosted by family law mediator Jennifer Sanders and certified divorce coach Ashley Wood. This podcast features other divorce professionals, Q&A, tips, and updated info on all things separation, divorce, conflict resolution, and co-parenting. Whether you're newly separated or divorced, listen now for tips and advice on how to build a foundation for a more peaceful future. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Split, the After Ever After podcast. You are here with myself, Ashley Wood, a certified divorce coach, and Jennifer Sanders. I'm an accredited family law mediator. And we're, I think this is episode 26 or 27 season yeah, two i know we're rolling along yeah, here i know i can't believe like that's a lot of episodes i know yeah. when you think about it i know yeah. I, I remember when we first started taping and we didn't know what the heck we were doing yeah <laughs> and i feel like the cool thing about a podcast is that it's i think you can start and not and and kind of change as the episodes go like you can ask yes. you know because we we had an idea of kind of what we wanted the show to be like and now it's evolved a bit like it's still yeah we've stuck to the same overall goal but we've had so many interesting people on the show yeah. we've got a lot of interesting guests lined up people that i hadn't even considered that we'd be connecting with yeah people are contacting yeah each of us and wanting to be on i have found more and more that what we talk about then in my practice that week i'll be like actually we just interviewed this person yeah. yesterday and i've referred my clients a couple times like if you want to we just did do this podcast so yeah it's it's definitely been a helpful resource for me too even just sometimes on instagram if there's somebody dms or whatever to just say hey here's this you know free 30 minute episode it's yeah there is so much now with social media right there is so much just free great content out there yeah. that you can just become a pro and yeah listen to all this stuff and i more and more have my clients all come on the screen they're like oh i've listened to your podcast or, yeah <laughs> you're famous <laughs> i know it's kind of funny um so yeah i love talking to the professionals and i think yeah when we started it we didn't really know if we would be doing interviews or i know certainly who we would be talking to so yeah it does make it makes our job a little bit easier true <laughs> yeah they, they can do the talking <laughs> yeah. and and i find too it's forced me to to keep up because to read the books yeah, of right. the authors, right? Read up on their pages, read up on their practices and that sort of thing. So yeah, it just keeps it, yeah, keeps it fresh. Mm -hmm. So who are we talking to today? So we are talking to Kimberly Ewerts and uh, she is an author. She wrote the book called Family Redefined and uh, it's a childhood reflections on the impact of divorce. So it's a bunch of interviews that Kimberly conducted with adults um, who experienced divorce at mm -hmm. various stages, which is interesting because it's not just, you know, teenagers or, you know, people who went through it very young in life. So there's, yeah, it's, it's a great book. Yeah. And I, I mean, you had said that, you know, it's, it's heavy, right. Mm -hmm. To go back and think about this because you and I have both been through divorce. And mm -hmm. so I think instantly you're like, okay, what did I make these mistakes? Yes. Like, did I mess up my kid? And yeah listeners will hear in the interview that even all these years later that Kimberly gets emotional talking about her yeah. own divorce and 
I do as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that I mentioned this in the episode, but I think it's, you know, I could talk way more about it that I think it's so, so, so important because the amount of guilt that people have about messing up their kids yeah. with divorcing, right? Mm-hmm. Should I have stayed longer? Should I, should we have stayed together for the kids? All of these things. And just because something's hard or it hurts the kids, it, it doesn't mean that it was the wrong choice. Right. Right. Like yeah. it's sometimes that's, is what has to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, not just in these areas, but of course, if there are areas of abuse or something like that, um, then it is what absolutely has to happen. And I think that there's just so much guilt and so many years later. Yeah. And also <laughs> putting all the bad things that might happen to the kids on. Is this because, you yeah. know, I did the divorce, right? Yeah, it's 100%. Like, yeah. So I think it's so important to keep having discussions like this and mm-hmm. and look at the types of interviews like this. So enjoy this episode with Kimberly Ewerts. Okay, well, welcome back to another episode of Split. We have a very special guest on the show today. We are speaking with Kimberly Ewerts, and she is the author of Family Redefined, Childhood Reflections on the Impact of Divorce. Welcome to the show, Kimberly. Hi, Kimberly. Hi, Tebo, Ashley, Jennifer. Thank you so much for um, inviting me on your wonderful podcast. You're doing really good work for a lot of people, so... I'm well, honored to be a part of it. Thank you thank so much. Thank you. Well, I think we feel the exact same way mm-hmm. about you. And um, we're very excited to talk about this book. So just to start, can can you describe in your own words what this book is about and what makes it different from some of the other books out there that cover the topic of divorce? Sure. Um, this book I have it here. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's actually uh, it's a labor of love for me because um, I saw what divorce did to my son that first year afterwards, and I, even though I knew taking us out of this, you know, um, abusive relationship, really physically, mentally abusive um, for us both, I knew I was making the right choice, and I should have made it sooner. He was ten at the time. But I had, I was just naive enough, like I think all of us are going into this. If, if you're doing what's right, you assume it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. And watching his world fall apart was, you know, a, it was devastating for him and for me to watch that and know that I had done it. Trying to do what's right, knowing that I was doing what was right, but seeing the effect it had on him, it's. He's my only child, so very protective mama. Yeah. <laughs> and um, um, that was a long time ago. He was 10. He's now 41. <laughs> okay. So yep. <laughs> it took a long time to figure out just what I was going to do, but I knew all along. And as he got older and I saw that he was very artistically talented, we talked about children's books or we were going to do something and put something out there for divorced parents and their kids. Just didn't know what it was going to be. And I, I got involved into journalism. Um, I went to college late because of the divorce. Um, my previous husband was against that. So as soon as I divorced him, I signed up for college. Good for for you. And took journalism classes. And that's when I realized how much I enjoy telling other people's stories and putting the the light, the shining the light on somebody you might not otherwise hear about. 
So I figured, okay, after 30 years of doing this, I'm kind of pretty good at it. So I'm going to use those skills and talents to interview adult children of divorce and let them tell their story. Because in all the research I did, and it took five years to create this book, from the day that I did my very first interview with my first adult child of divorce, Lisa, she's the first chapter in the book. That was my homage to her because it wouldn't have happened without her. Um, that was August of uh, 2015. And August of 2020, I submitted my completed manuscript wow. to my publisher. So it was like, oh my God, it's yeah. been five years. So. Yeah. Um, it, like I said, a labor of love, but I felt it was necessary for parents who are going through this difficult journey. If they can have insight in what their child is experiencing and feeling and just reach out to them and be there for them in some comforting way and provide them the stability that they need so desperately during this time, because their world is literally so many of the interviewers, you know, the interviews I had, they all said the same thing. They use the same phrase my world was turned upside down even mm -hmm. my son he has a chapter in the book by the way <laughs> so and I, I treated him like anybody else I you know he had the same questions and he provided the answers and I learned a great deal from his answers about even more about what he went through that I had no prior knowledge to so it's it was an enlightening experience it was it was a heartbreaking experience but I felt it was so needed because you have to let parents know what their children are going through and what better way than to read from the people that went through it when they were kids. And then the ninth chapter, I mean, the 10th chapter is different because it's from the perspective of a mother of a young girl who is now 10, but she was 10 months old when they got divorced. Her husband just came home one day and said, I'm done. Yeah. And the reason that she's in there, Michelle is the title of the chapter, is because they show you how to do divorce right. They, they put aside their personal feelings and they just put their daughter's welfare up front, top priority. And it's like, well, they're the perfect example. Let's put something in there super positive that people can pick up on and realize and say, oh, okay, let's try it that way, you know? And let's see how we can make this difficult journey a little less difficult for our kids. Right, right. It came to mind the the quote, I'm not sure where I read this, but when you're saying in the beginning that, you know, you're you are doing what's right, but it's still brutally hard. And oh, yeah. that just because something is hard, it doesn't mean like you made the wrong choice. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's yes. still is not right choice. But I do think as professionals that we do a disservice if we try to say, you know, you see some things in social media like, oh, just, you know, I'm happier now without the man or whatever. And and it's not it's it's not easy and it is an ongoing process. Um, yes. What did you see in your interviews and in writing the book that some of those common mistakes were that people were making that were harming children? First and foremost, I think what parents need to understand and I myself was guilty. 100% guilty of this is um, I actually pulled back because when you're in the middle of it, I, I think Ashley, you've gone through it, right? Mm -hmm. I have too. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought, I, okay. No, so that's you, okay. Yeah. We, both we all know. There. Yeah. We're all we in all that know. same boat, right? Yeah. And when you're going through it, um, 
you're a mess. You know, you're an emotional wreck. And you, I felt, and I'm just speaking for me, I felt that I could not be the, the kind of mom he needed. I thought, you know, I was lacking. Um, even though the love was never gone, it was there all the more. It was like, but I have to give him what he needs and I have to help him, but I don't think I have that. I'm, I don't have that capability right now. So I'm going to send you to this support group and I'm going to have you go to after school, you know, support groups and you're going to get all these professionals to help you. And over and over again, they told me, they're like, he's not receptive to this whatsoever. He doesn't want this. Mm-hmm. And not until, and a lot of kids are that way. You know, especially um, all the research that I did and, and all the interviews that I did with numerous uh, marriage and family counselors, you know, they explained to me that if you are living in an environment where no one asks you what your feelings are, so if your home environment doesn't encourage you to open up and tell how you feel, when you're going through a divorce and you take your child to this stranger, how wonderful they may be but you sit them in front of them and say, okay, I'm going to come back in 45 minutes and you're going to talk to this person. That child is like thrown for a loop. They're like, I've never been told to tell my feelings before. And now I have to tell them to a stranger. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, they're not going to do that. And our home was like that. I mean, I, I get emotional when I talk about this. Um, I, you know, I try, I tried to be there for him, but um, the environment was just not good. So he was never embraced to tell, tell us how he feels. His dad was always telling him how he should feel or what he should do. So um, to take him to these, you know, these professionals, which I knew were in a better position than myself was not the right thing for him. So you, you know, your child the best, right? So you can read those signs when they start acting out or, or they withdraw and they, they aren't communicating at all to you or they stop, you know, he stopped wanting to go to school. He just, you know, it's like this rebelliousness comes out because they have so much confusion and frustration because they're confused and, and have no understanding of what really is happening to their world. Mm-hmm. that they're acting out. So eventually I, you know, learned that what he needed most was connection. And I think I got off the topic. I'm sorry, but connection no, that's okay. does answer. Yeah. yeah, we were just asking about, you know, yeah, some common mistakes through these interviews that you saw parents making. So that was, yeah, one of maybe not realizing maybe that you're enough as the parent, right? To be able to just spend time and be there in whatever capacity, yes. you know, that might be. Be, be present, just be, be present, present for just them. be there, yeah. provide that stability. Yeah. Was there anything else that you saw as like, did you see sort of common trends um, in these interviews? Oh, so many of the kids experienced, um, you know, the parental, you know, dissing of each other, you know. Yeah. One parent puts down the other in front of the child and, Lisa actually had a mom who ignored that, even though the father was doing that. Um, She never talked bad about her. And she said, I remember to this day that my mom, you know, had the restraint to not go there. And she said, I respect her all the more for it now. Now that she's, you know, in her fifties, she can 
she has a totally different perspective of, you know, and she has all the more respect. So your kids will have respect for you if, you know, if your spouse is, you know, degrading you in front of your child or when they're with them and then they come home and talk about it, it's easy to want to be defensive <laughs> and it's our natural reaction. But you, you can't think about you. You have to think about, well, how's that going to make them feel? You know, because now I'm going to trash their, their, their parent and that's not going to help them. So I know it's really easy to say to do all these things, but when you're in the heat of it, it's hard. So a reminder like the book, I think, is just concrete evidence of how crucial it is to, to make these attempts to be the best we can be during this time. Yeah, yeah. I, I also thought that, um, you know, earlier we were talking about this example at the end, the positive example that can help provide parents with hope. But I also found that even this example with um, uh, Lisa, I believe her name is, the first um, person that you interview, and as you were just saying, the one parent was quite toxic you know, he had a substance abuse uh, issue with um, drinking and the bad mouthing was constant. He, you know, her stepmother was jumped on the bad yeah, mouthing bandwagon, bang, bandwagon. Yeah. And, you know, it was really hard for the daughter. But sh and she says, you know, I some of my relationships earlier in my life were I, I began to kind of repeat that cycle. But I knew because of this positive relationship that I had with my mom and all of the wonderful things that she did for me and seeing her in this healthy relationship with her new partner, that was enough to prompt her to want to break the cycle, this like generational cycle um which you see like time and time again i have so many of my own clients when we talk about their family history just in the beginning like you know there's their parents were divorced their grandparents and so yeah i think it just what i'm trying to say is that <laughs> this will also provide a lot of hope for co-parents who are not really co-parenting but actually parallel parenting or is a very low contact situation and yes. just give you the hope of like you know this is really hard right now and your child may have some challenges but you can still support them there's still hope that you know they're not going to repeat these same mistakes that you may have made yeah and one of the the therapists mentioned that you know it's so important then when you know the child is, is explaining what the other parent has said about you know the parent they're with now and it's all negative, you know, to show that you're not going to react to that in a negative way, that you're going to say, you know what, dad's just upset right now, or mom's just upset right now with me. So they're saying things that probably they shouldn't. And, and it's okay. You know, you don't, you want them, you want the child to know there's still unity and a common front with both parents, that they're still their parents even though one is not doing a very good job of supporting the other. <laughs> so I think that's important for parents to know that, you know, it's hard to do, but if you can try, your, your child will benefit from it. Yeah. Um, and I think, and it all goes to like, depending on their age. And I think there's a difference yeah. between bad mouthing who the parent is and you know, maybe, yeah, letting them know, okay, that behavior wasn't okay. Or I always struggled with it too. The, the, 
thing that clicked with me, and again, it, I don't know where I heard this, it was like, I think it was back in my mediation training was saying that that parent is a part of that child. It's half of that yes. child and that child loves that parent. So if you yes. insult that parent, you're insulting the child. Like that's a, exactly. that's a part of them. They're going to internalize that. And that was a piece for me that I kind of got it, right? And I thought, oh yeah, okay. So even into the teen years, if they even if they can clearly see that the other parent's behavior is not okay, right? you still don't wanna be bad-mouthing them or you know, talking badly about the parent. Yeah, and as the child gets older, like you said, in the teen years and into their adulthood, they're going to make up their own mind. And yeah. if they know that one of the parents is letting them do that, you know, that again will um, reinforce that that's the parent that, you know, they respect. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> that they can, yeah, that they can communicate with and yeah. Yes. Yes. So I guess on the flip side of that question, sort of conversely, were there, did you see any trends of what parents were doing right that, that the adult children reported this helped them or was important for them? Well, in every, almost every story there, the most important aspect of their recounting it is that some, they, in some form, they had a, a support system. So in every chapter, there's always someone that's been a part of their life for one individual. Um, he, he discovered a, a youth pastor that came into his life right in the middle of the parents' separation and divorce. And he became his major, you know, form of support and providing him just that outlet. So even if the parents can't, you know, for whatever reason, you can't be there for your child, make sure that they have someone who, who can be there, whether okay, it's, yeah. you know, a pastor or a teacher or a counselor, or even, you know, an, a friend outside the family that they know they can go to and, you know, they can just talk to them and tell them what they're feeling. So that to me is one of the most important gifts you can give your child is just that give them a support system. Hopefully mm -hmm. it's both parents united, you know, that would be the ideal world. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That's probably not going to happen as much as we want it to, but as if you can make sure you have other people in place for your children to go to and, and have that freedom of just saying what they want. And at times they need somebody outside of their parents because they don't want to burden their parents. Yeah. yeah. You know, they have that guilt, like the, yeah. the bad mouthing, like exactly what you said, Jennifer, you know, about that's part of who they are. Mm -hmm. I'm part of mom and I'm part of dad. So you're bad mouthing part of me then. And then they have that guilt about, well, but I still love him or her. So yeah. then they feel disloyal to the other parent. Yes. So yeah. said, they're, they're being bombarded with all these negative, you know, um, feelings and, and emotions that they're trying to make sense of. And during this time, you can't make sense of them. So just don't put them in that position, please. Right, <laughs> please. right. Yeah, I think so much of the work that we do, and I think this book does an excellent job as well as helping parents have realistic expectations, mm -hmm. um, because quite often, I, I mean, the clients I've worked with or, you know, friends and family that I know who are now amicable co-parents, it most of the time is not it that it didn't begin that way. It was quite yeah. volatile at some at one point or another, mm -hmm. because yeah. I mean, you're getting divorced for a reason. And I think that so much of what 
creates an amicable situation is the expectations that you have, the boundary setting and all of this prep work, um, you know, very early on. So if anybody's listening, I, uh, people are listening. Who, to, to the people who are listening, sorry, let me rephrase if that. If there's anybody out To there. those thousands and thousands yeah. of people listening. Yeah. Yes. So to the people who are listening, um, I think, you know, read this book as yeah. early as humanly possible. It's yes. probably going to be a bit painful. I felt, I had some cringe moments reading this yeah, and hard. even talking about it, you know, the three of us here, it's, it's hard to kind of look back and go, oh, I really you know, I kind of should have done a little bit better there. Um, But it's so important to hear these stories that are shared. And I also love that throughout the book, you have um, divorce professionals like family therapists that that will, you know, add, you know, give their opinion about whatever's happened. And they'll explain terms like parentification. Um, They'll talk about abandonment. They talk about child, um, you know, misbehavior and why why children act out and how to yeah. counteract that so alienation yeah yeah alienation they talk about that so it's not i love that you know it's great to hear these stories but then it's also um very informative like it's a really great tool all around so i, I highly recommend um you read i know it. i would have I would have benefited, benefited right, from something like this. You yeah, know, this would have been an easy access to get professional advice mm-hmm. from, you know, and so I thought it was so important to have that in there. And in the beginning, I had no idea how I was going to incorporate, you know, their um, all their wise wisdom that they were providing me. And then, you know, as as I interviewed more and more people, it was just like, well, these situations they've talked about. So, you know, you, and then there was so much additional information that they had provided in my, our interviews that it's like, that's why the um, advice from the experts is in the back, you know, Mm -hmm. for a myriad of other questions that parents are going to ask. So hopefully it's, it's a help to them. Absolutely. So what is the, what would you say is the biggest takeaway, um, for for yourself you know personally from writing this book oh for me Mm -hmm. that's a good question Mm um honestly um i wrote this almost as an apology to my son you know because i knew Mm -hmm. what he had gone through and having him work with me because he he became my reader i would send him every single draft over and over of the same chapter over and over And so he was like a collaborator, you know, in the book and he actually designed the cover. Mm -hmm. So the connection that it provided us is, has grown tenfold, you know, from what we were close before, Mm -hmm. especially with all we went through, but to have this, this experience was just, it was an added bonus. I, I can never be grateful enough for, for, having that so um that was the biggest and then just learning unfortunately all the things i did wrong. <laughs> you know that was the downside but it's like well no it needs to you know this all needs to be in there it needs to you know people that are going through it now can learn from this so it's good it's good and and you know what i think it's also an important um it's important for our kids at any age even if they're adults to see us as parents say i'm human 
and yes. humans as humans we're not perfect we make yes. mistakes and when we acknowledge those mistakes and can learn from them and grow that's a beautiful wonderful thing and like how amazing that you had this experience with your son and like you said it just brought you closer so it that's did. that's so beautiful So Kimberly, where can our listeners buy this amazing book? Please tell us all of the places and uh, and we'll be sure to uh, include all these links in the show notes as well. Okay, well, um, the easiest way is just to go to the book's website, which is familyredefinedbook.com. And right there, you can either click on Little Creek Press, which is the publisher of the book. So you can order your, your copy there or you can, there's a direct Amazon link. And then there's countless other online vendors that have it barnes and noble you know you name it they have it so goodreads yeah it's all out there oh great okay but but the website is like you know that's the best one and there's a contact session section sorry (laughs) contact section on the website where you can email me directly and i always encourage people to please do that because i would love to you know answer any questions or help in any way i can that is an amazing resource. Yeah. We will link that in our social media. Okay. Yeah, well, let people you. know that they can yeah, reach out to you. Oh, definitely. Please do. <laughs> yeah, Fantastic. that's great. Well, I'm so thankful that you were able to come on and uh, and share your book with us and with our audience. Kimberly, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, thank you both so much again for this opportunity. It was so it was like a girlfriend chat. This was yeah, so I loved it. That's too. what we came for. That's what yeah. we came for. <laughs>